Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right now, uh, I'm sure he's doing the same thing uh, as I am. He is uh, eyes glued to the early uh, leaders uh, playing the whole third round of the 150th Open Championship. It's our good friend Jeff Shane, longtime golf rider uh, out of Central Florida, now riding for the uh, Village's Daily Sun. But uh, understand you traded in the sauna of Central Florida for the Easy Bake Oven of the Arizona Desert. Uh, <laughs> you staying cool? Absolutely. I, I actually, I haven't grown up in Arizona. It's, uh, it, it, it's all natural to me. What I have noticed over the years is after 20 years in Florida and dealing with temperatures, summer temperatures of, you know, 90 degrees and 72% humidity, I come home. There's no need to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, uh, yeah, hopefully it doesn't get, uh, we got a little of that Arizona heat last year. We had a weekend up here where it was 115 degrees in the Pacific Northwest, which was insane. That is insane for you guys. Yeah. So fortunately we've had ideal weather here for the last month. Everybody been getting out and, uh, but conditions ideal at the open, uh, this is as as benign as we've seen temperatures in the upper 60s, low 70s. The wind is uh, very tolerable uh, around 10 miles an hour. And so the question is, how low are these scores going to go by Sunday evening? Well, the, I think the real question that we're starting to face now, and you're starting to see it a little bit in this early rounds, is because there has been very little moisture. It did rain uh, what was it, early yesterday, uh, but this course is drying out, and now it's becoming very difficult to hold those greens. Everything seems to be running a little farther away. Can you negotiate that? How can you plot your way around? Uh, I would say that by the end of the tournament, we, we might see 20 under threatened, which would be in that record range. But uh, the beauty of the old course is that 
depending on the weather, different bunkers come into play. You still got to deal with the humps and the bumps and the undulations in the greens. And it's going to be the golfer that can adapt the best that winds up with the Claret Jug. Well, and it certainly will be. And we're seeing uh, we're seeing some bombs. Victor Hovland just made a bomb to get in a tie for the lead with Cameron Smith. We've got a couple of uh, younger guys in Hovland and Smith and Cam Young looking for their uh, their first victories on the PGA Tour and having it be coming at a major. Then you've got uh, the big names like Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. Uh, you throw in the uh, the live golf uh, element of it. Um, I think Sunday it would be fun if Dustin and Rory were paired together uh, in the second to last or the last group. How big a deal is it if Dustin Johnson uh, wins this and throws a monkey wrench into uh, what's been uh, causing angst all season long and <laughs> at the top of professional golf? Well, uh, if, if you like disruption, if you like uh, you know a little thorn in the side of your uh, establishment, then you you, you kind of I don't want to say you kind of root for it, but uh, the, it, it creates a little chaos. And I think what sometimes what we forget is that sometimes there are there are a number of big names that are playing the LIV golf now, and that doesn't mean that they've lost their talent. Uh, you know, Dustin Johnson is still a, a you know a prime major player we could still see you know Patrick Reed at at a major and and if Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau ever really get healthy and get their games back together there's some there are some good names up there and I was actually having this conversation with one of my family members uh, a few nights ago is you know what if uh, you know, what if Dustin Johnson or one of those guys wins a major? Does that make it any less legitimate? You've still beaten everybody on the PGA Tour that is playing the same major as you. And, uh, I, you know, I think it will be good, you know, a very good feather for, for the LIV Golf Tour, but I, I am sure that it will make Jay Monahan steam a little bit in his private room in Ponte Vedra. <laughs> Well, and you've you've been you're there in Central Florida, uh, close to, and you've covered uh, the tour for a number of years, and, and working out of Orlando and near that organization, uh, it's been very personal. I've, a lot of the press conferences for Jay Monahan, uh, it's been, uh, it's it's gotten under his skin. He's this is really personal for him. Uh, calling it defections and all sorts of other things. We've heard Rory soften up. Um, a little bit with some recent comments. I think the ones that got everybody's attention this past week was Tiger hinting that the governing bodies for the major tournaments may be revisiting. Will they rewrite how you can qualify for it to try to eliminate as best they can uh, the live golfers getting in? Is that something... Uh, when Tiger mentioned that, that some of these guys that are going, the youngsters going straight to it might not ever have the chance to play in it. Was that a jab at it or is that just Tiger being Tiger? I, I think that's, that's probably Tiger stating the reality of things as they stand now. And really the next, I think the next move in that, that whole rivalry um is what is the world golf rankings going to do? They rank every tour on the face of the planet right now, except LIV golf. Now, 
to say this one tour when we're doing, you know, some third rate tour in Asia and we're giving them, you know, small ranking points, but we're giving them ranking points to say that we're not going to recognize that tour at all. You're getting going to get lawyers involved. It's as simple as that. If the South African tour can get ranked and the Latin American tour can get ranked and PGA Tour China, whenever it starts up again, gets ranked and you don't choose to rank LIV golf, there are going to be lawyers involved in some court in London because I think that's where it's based. And you're going to see an even bigger fight with that. So I think that, I mean, if, if the world golf rankings want to go that direction, you know, they certainly can. But this, there are a lot of things, I think, that are going to go on in the next year, two years, three years, that may wind up being settled with lawyers and judges. And it's simple it's restraint of trade and restraint of equal opportunities to earn points. Yeah, and we've already seen some of that. Uh, a few players, Ian Poulter and a couple others, uh, were initially uh, not eligible for the the Genesis Scottish Open. Played the week before, uh, they got a restraining order in a uh, in a London court. Uh, there's still a hearing to come, but uh, they were allowed to play in that. Uh, what and, and you might know this, having covered the the tours for so long. Are there specific criteria maybe that Live Golf either with the setup? Uh, of just 54 hole tournaments, um, the the depth of the field, the limited fields, those sorts of things that the world golf rankings would say the way that you've set this up doesn't allow us to to include you. You need to be more of a traditional 72 hole. You need to have full fields. Or is it just a matter of them going through the process? We know they have an affiliation with the with the Asian tour. Um to give them a little bit of credibility, but is there something in the setup of how the live golf tour operates that the world golf rankings could point to and say, this is different from how everybody else operates. And therefore we won't let you, we're, we're not going to sanction you at this time. Well, it might be interesting to see how they uh, assess the 54 hole status. Um, but I think, Without having done a really deep dive into it, some of these lesser tours may not go a full 72 holes. And uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at is if you're recognizing these smaller tours that obviously don't have nearly the talent uh, that has been accumulated over the years and years and years that you get with a Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and even a Bryson DeChambeau, how can you exclude a tour that has that kind of top 50 talent and still give ranking points to you know some kid coming out of out of a Division two school who's playing the Canadian tour for the first time. Um, I think that when it comes to size of fields, don't forget that they give world ranking points to the Hero World Challenge, which is limited to eight players and that was a very specific negotiation between the Tiger Woods uh, Foundation and their group. How many players will it take to earn world ranking points out of this tournament and the world rank world golf rankings say if you put 18 in there we'll give you world ranking points mm. and so it's an 18 man tournament. Well there's 30 additional players than that 
in an LID golf event. And so I think size of field is going to be a very hard argument for the world golf rankings to make. Jeff Shane, our guest, uh, editor and uh, sports writer for the Village's Daily Sun out there in uh, Central Florida. You can follow him uh, at Jeff Shane, S-H-A-I-N, on uh, Twitter there. Uh, speaking of Tiger Woods, that was the other big storyline. Uh, so much made for him to be able to get out there and play this 150th Open at St. Andrews, where he won twice previously in his career. Uh, he had the worst break you could imagine off the first tee, landing in a divot. He chunked the second shot into the canal there around the first green, double bogeyed, and uh, it got worse from there. Indicated in his post-round comments that uh, with the not coming back around to St. Andrews for at least seven or eight years, doubtful uh, that he would be there for the next one. But uh, you've covered him for a long time. You've seen him in person. He looks like a shell of himself from simply just walking around. He can say he's you know, got enough to play, but it just doesn't look like he can be competitive anymore when all he wants to play in is the majors and a couple of select PGA Tour events. Well, I think that we have to keep in mind that this is his first year of coming back out and trying to figure out how to negotiate uh, the limitations of his body with a limited schedule. He can't practice his way into contention. Uh, but I think that this was a very, very much a learning year for him. And obviously he had this event circled from the very beginning because he's right. You only get a chance to play St. Andrews a certain number of times. And he was able to get into decent preparation for Augusta National, the hardest walk on the PGA Tour, and managed to play four rounds. And that was great. But now to be able to duplicate that, he's kind of struggled with a shorter preparation time, one month for the PGA Championship, two months to get ready for this. And he's learning as he goes how much his body can take. He'll, he'll have to learn how to, when he can push it a little bit, when he can back off or needs to back off a little bit. He got to Scotland or the, the, the UK and played that JP McManus Pro-Am to kind of test himself. And then he went out and played some practice rounds or, or partial practice rounds on the old course as you need to do. And then he played uh, in that challenge of champions on Tuesday. And I think the number that they said is that before he teed off at for, for the first round of competitive golf at St. Andrews, he had played 57 holes of golf. That might've been a little much, but how do you know unless you push it a little bit and, and realize that that, that isn't necessarily going to work. And I think maybe that had its effect even on that first hole. Yeah, bad break, landing in the divot. But then when he hit the shot out of the divot, did he, did he give himself enough cushion to get over the burn with the wind the way it was? Was he a little fatigued? He only needed another five yards, right? So uh, you wonder if that was a situation. I think at a place like St. Andrews, 
he can or most open championship courses because they can't be extended and they've always been kind to the older golfer you know tom watson is the obvious one but don't forget even greg norman had the 54 hole lead at burkdale the year before that and darren clark won at 52 at st or 42 at st george's so they've been those courses are kind to older golfers and i think tiger maybe exaggerates a little bit about when the uh, next open will come to St. Andrews. The typical gap is between five and seven years. It was five years for a long time, and then they extended it to six to get the numbers to line up with the 150th open, and then with the pandemic, everything pushed back a year. It became a seven-year gap. I don't think it'll be a seven-year gap. I think it will be closer to six years. Um, I was kind of extrapolating it for a column that is uh, that I'm writing for tomorrow morning, I would guess the next time it'll come to St. Andrews will be 2028. Tiger will be 53 after, or I'm sorry, 52 after that six-year gap. But I don't necessarily know that, that Tiger could not be competitive at 52, learning his body, learning how to deal with these rhythms. Ben Hogan, you know, is the obvious one. He was a little younger, but Ben Hogan managed to be able to put a, a schedule together, you know, in, and his body it was a, uh, you know, medicine couldn't, in those yeah. days, couldn't do as much to Ben's body as it, as it has done to save Tiger's body. So I don't want to close the door on that yet. I think that maybe there's one more decent chance at St. Andrews for Tiger at least to be able to walk across that Swilkin Bridge on Sunday and have a proper goodbye as opposed to walking off on a Friday uh, at age 46. I think he's got one more St. Andrews in him, if you ask me. Well, that would be uh, exciting and a thrill for everybody that's uh, followed his career. Uh, we're bunching up here at the top. Uh, we got Dustin Johnson, we Victor are. Hovland making birdies. Uh, Cameron Smith and Rory can't make birdies, even though they keep giving themselves opportunities. Who do you like to walk away with the Clara Jug on Sunday? Boy, that's a that's a hard one to to decipher right now. I think if I, I've been really impressed with Cameron Smith and his putting abilities, can he uh, can he make the adjustment? He is not to this point today. He's actually given one shot back to back to par, but um, uh, I, I think uh, he's got a good chance. Now we we're seeing Scheffler close in up there. We know he can win a major, and uh, he's one of the three hottest golfers on the planet, perhaps. I would not rule out Victor Hovland. And I, I, I mean, obviously he's playing well and he's made a couple of really long putts today. He's going to have to continue to do that. But I, I, there, maybe there's just a sense of, uh, a, a sense of, I don't know, uh, <laughs> history or whatever with the 150th open that it would go to an international golfer that may come from a little bit different place than your United States or the UK or your typical uh, European countries to be able to take the claret jug back to Denmark or Norway, I'm sorry, to take the claret jug back to Norway, that would be kind of a uh, significant thing for the 150th Open. Well, it looks like it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a lot of fun. Always a lot of fun when our friend Jeff Shane takes a little time for us. We so appreciate it. Enjoy your time in Arizona. And uh, and we'll look forward to uh, to the column you're working on. 
Well, it sounds great. Uh, I appreciate it. The Villages Daily Sun dot com uh, is uh, where you can find it. And I will I will say that uh, we still value the the, uh, the the printed edition of the newspaper. So not everything goes on to the website, but uh, uh, it's a business model that that works for us. We are now in the top twenty five daily circulation newspapers in the United States. Oh, and look at for, that. People to say that uh, a, a place like the villages is able to do that. Uh, there was some really uh, uh, stunning and and exciting news when we heard that a couple of weeks ago. That's fantastic. Well, enjoy the rest of your trip in uh, Arizona, and uh, hopefully, we'll catch up with you soon. Sounds great. Enjoy the weekend. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 